Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was a structural designer until my own structure started to fail from rheumatoid arthritis and within three months I was barely able to walk and couldn't turn door handles. Pain in our body or illness, it's really just our body's way of talking to us, waking us up to say, make some changes, things aren't going so well. And then I started seeking out stories of people that had healed from rheumatoid arthritis. Pain really comes from the brain through neural networks. We can make the pain worse by creating fear or negative thoughts around it. If we're creating our reality from our subconscious programming, then that's what we're going to be creating. If we want to change it, then we got to start changing our subconscious beliefs. I had a significant reduction in pain in just a few days. That's why I speak out is because I want people to have hope that they can reverse this. Our bodies are meant to heal. It's really an inside job. No one else is controlling your thoughts but you. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And today we have the blessing of having with us Jane Hogan. Jane, how are you there? I am absolutely wonderful here in Newfoundland, Canada. 
Oh, it is such a treat to tune in with you from here in Melbourne, Australia, all the way to Canada. I do have a very special relationship with Canadians. Um, we had a housemate for almost five years that was Canadian. And I have to say, Canadians make the best housemate. You, housemates. You guys are just super considerate. <laughs> Super considerate as like a general population, although I just found it to be, um, yeah, really incredible. Just the Canadian attitude towards, um, yeah, sharing space, understanding, just very empathetic generally. I know I'm generalizing, but I found it. She she left a good mark um, <laughs> in my mind. You just mind. can't help but be polite and all courteous. And lovely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, I've got this awareness from all my travels that, um, and you know, the Aussies tuning into this podcast, pardon me for this, but it's what I've come to learn to be true for me anyway. So, you know, you can hate me or love me for this, but I feel like what New Zealanders and Kiwis are to Australia is kind of what Canadians are to the US. Um, it's like the best Aussies are Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, I wish I didn't say it that way, but that's kind of how I feel. Uh, they're just that little bit lovelier. They've got that little bit more like time for you in their day. They'll slow down just that little bit more. They're just that little bit more environmentally aware, and yeah, I don't know. It's the only way I can really describe it. Is, is that your experience a little bit being Canadian? Yeah, I, know, obviously. yeah. I, I think so. And you know, I would even say that Newfoundland is. To Canada, what Canada is to the US, what New Zealand ah, is to Australia. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you're in this conscious little hub. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Let me do the honors, guys. For those tuning into Jane for the first time, she is, and check this the engineer in me loves this, the life coach, leadership coach in me loves this. She's the wellness engineer, right? So if you search in online, the wellness engineer, Jane Hogan, you will find up bunch of materials. She's the founder of the Wellness by Design Blueprint and her mission here, she is blending science and spirituality basically to help people heal and create the life of their dreams. So Jane, it is like we were saying before you even jumped on the podcast live, um, there is so much overlap in our Venn diagrams of interests and passions and pursuits in life that this is, I'm really excited for this episode and where it potentially can go. Yeah. Thank you so much. Me for too. Here. Me too. I'm so, excited to be here. So let's go to the first point along the line. And I guess it's just going to be where my curiosity kind of has to take us. So you're an engineer and like I struggled in that space for about a decade. You struggled for three. <laughs> so, uh, so I'd like to sort of, without sort of starting in the friction points, but sort of speak to that friction, like sort of tune in and go, hey, how was, you know, what was that like? Okay, let's start with the pivot. You know, what caused you to pivot from engineering to wellness engineer? Um, like, what was going on there for you potentially? And I'd love to sort of hear your story and sort of, yeah, understand what caused a shift because it is quite a seismic shift to go from working on projects, you know, crunching calcs, numbers, working with people on, you know, trying to get things done, to all of a sudden working on people. Um, and helping them on their journey. It's, it's, it's quite the pivot as I know myself. So I'd love to hear your story. It is. And I was, yeah, 30 years in. Um, well, my little joke is so you're a structural engineer. I was a structural engineer. My, my little joke is that I was a structural designer until my own structure started to fail with uh, crippling joint pain from rheumatoid arthritis. It, I didn't have it for a long time. It came and within three months I was in, uh, barely able to walk and couldn't turn door handles. Jesus. So it was very quick. 
did it affect like your like is it just your hands or like what happened what like is it oh. like all your joints it was all it was all over i i i felt like someone had a, a voodoo doll and they were sticking pins in because it would switch around and i oh. felt like i was crazy i was mm. going to physio well i didn't know what it was when it first started and I went to physio and I was like, I know that last week I was saying it was my left shoulder, but today it's my right elbow. And, you know, mm. it was switching all around my body like that. It was, it, I really felt like a crazy woman. Um, but then it settled in all over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, eventually I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune condition. And I didn't even know anyone with an autoimmune autoimmune condition Mm -hmm. before then. And it certainly wasn't in my family or anything, but I quickly learned a lot about it. And uh, the the outlook isn't so good for rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, there's no cure. And the only solutions are medications with really harsh side effects um, like cancer and other things. So it wasn't like a lot of great options in front of me. Sounds very dire. Yeah, yeah, it was nasty. But I, um, I, well, you know, we're engineers, right? We're problem solvers. And so I just started to a fault, I would say. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's it's so true because I, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out because that's what I do. I just, okay, what, what's the research? What do I do? What, Mm. you know, do an experiment and track everything and graphs and charts. I did (laughs) wellness graphs and charts. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you really went there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, what's really interesting. So this, this took me on a journey where I learned about food and lifestyle and eventually functional medicine. And I thought Mm. I'll I'll learn a little bit more about functional medicine. So I'll do a health coaching course, not necessarily planning to be a health coach, but Mm. just thinking that it was a good way to learn more about it. Mm. And, um, and I, re, I, I discovered through the program every month we had a mind-body component. And mm. I was like, mind-body medicine, this, this is really cool. Like I've, I was always kind of interested in it and I'd been mm-hmm. trained in, in Reiki. So I always had this other side to me and I'd lo- I was like a personal development nut. I've read all these <laughs> development blogs and everything. Yep. And, and so I started to realize I can't like go at this uh, like – go hard and control like we do in engineering. I I had to like surrender. I had to surrender to the going. I had to surrender to mm. and rest. I had to surrender the uh that that logical mind, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and let go of that a little bit and let let the miraculous kind of happen. And anyway, there's a lot we could talk about there, but yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. Yeah, wow. So you've been on this journey and the medications look too sinister. To Well, the side effects of the medications looked a bit sinister as much yeah. as what you're going through. It's an interesting point to reach because I remember when I got diagnosed with depression, they gave me like these antidepressants and full disclaimer, massive asterisk at this point in the conversation, you know, make your own informed medical decisions, guys. Like I'm going to say that I took my first antidepressant and it was amazing oh my god it was such a good feeling it was like a medicated high (laughs) it literally was um and then when I came down though I realized oh I've I've come back down and I I didn't know much at the time but I just I knew that 
I didn't really want to live up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And so I literally took like cautiously took like the packet of antidepressants and just threw it in the bin when that was my only lifeline at the time. Um, and it was, it, I still look back at that kid and just go, wow, that was really interesting decision-making, Amrit, that you, that you went into. Um, to sort of go, okay, there's going to be another way, like a mind-body way or like a natural way or there's, you know, something else other than this medication way that's going to guide me forward. Um, you said you're already a personal development nut and you're already passionate about mind-body connection. But you did describe that you went into functional medicine health coaching. But sort of what, you know, what do you think it is about people like yourself, myself, that sort of go, hmm, is it the engineering that goes, actually, there's many, you know, there's option A, B or C, and, you know, option A doesn't seem to be the one that resonates with me the most, and maybe I'm going to explore option B and C and sort of see where that takes me. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think there's a few things. I mean, pretty early on, my uh, my conventional doctor said, well, while we're waiting to see a rheumatologist, and because we at that point we didn't know what it was, she did, mm. she did say that sometimes foods can cause joint pain or contribute to joint pain. And mm -hmm. the, the foods she said were gluten, dairy, and sugar. And so I cut them out cold turkey, and I had um, a significant reduction in pain in just a few days, which made me think, okay, there is something I can do. Right. So what else can I do? And then interestingly, my father had um, a ton of health issues mm. his whole life, but he used to go, so he had diabetes. He had like two triple bypasses. He had cancer and, you know, all a bunch of things, but he used to go to these, uh, like a, a health farm, we used to call mm. it. Um, and he would go off all his medications while he was there through food and exercise. Mm. And so I kind of knew about this. Also, I knew that I had a really stressful year the year mm -hmm, before, mm -hmm. like when the, the onset of symptoms yeah. and, and like, it was just too coincidental that I had this stressful year and then right. I had this illness. So I knew that stress had to be a part of it. So I'm like, stress is an emotional thing, right? That's yeah. within my control. <laughs> so yeah. it made me just realize there's got to be other things. And then I started seeking out stories of other mm -hmm. people. And I found a few stories here and there of people that had healed from rheumatoid arthritis. So I'm that gave me hope and belief. And I think that's really important when people can have hope and a belief because we're told all these other things. Like I said, you search on, on the internet for, you know, that's the first thing someone yeah. does when they get a diagnosis is do a search, uh, maybe even before. Yeah. And uh, so they start losing hope because of what they read. Mm -hmm. So that's why I speak out is because I want people to have hope that they yeah. can reverse this. And many, many other things. Our bodies are meant to heal. They're healing machines and they will continue to try to heal until yeah. we take our last breath. It's incredible, isn't it? So let's, and we will get to the control surrender because there's a whole deep conversation waiting for us <laughs> there. But let's talk about beliefs for just a moment because it does run the risk at times to uh, to be... I'm going to sound rude at this particular juncture saying in the comments, but it does run the risk of sounding fluffy when you say it without the context that we've already been like, because we're already in like, con like into this conversation contextually. It makes a lot of sense when we bring up the term belief. But if someone takes a snippet of this, you know, long form podcast and then makes a, you know, YouTube short and just goes, oh yeah, beliefs, these guys are talking about beliefs. You know, there's like, it, you know, here we go again, just believe, just believe, you know, um, 
but it is a foundational tenant, right? Like actually being able to believe something. Um, can I, can I ask, because there would have been contradictory advice online. And I think, you know, this is not necessarily for just those that are suffering with rheumatoid arthritis, but, you know, I think we can extrapolate this to people that are suffering with different things at different times. There would have been a lot of voices online that would have said, Hey, like, you know, these medications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, have helped me. And then you would have been reading some, it's like, Hey, like cutting out these foods, adopting this approach or, you know, getting some sunlight or grounding or whatever was in there started to help me. And, you know, like being able to discern that for yourself and going, actually, I do believe in this. Um, was it a natural like ability of yours to just go, oh yeah, I actually do. And you just naturally gravitated towards it. Or do you think, and even, you know, having worked with clients before, how do you start to install that belief or support that belief system within clients that, hey, like there is a natural way uh, or more natural, you know, not to say that, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the medications, oftentimes I find we demonize them, but like 99% of the pharmaceuticals are synthesized from something in the Amazon. So there's some element of, you know, nature things on them. Um, But yeah, I think you get the nature of my question. How do you start to apply belief um, in where there may not necessarily be belief? Um, you know, sometimes you can't change people's minds. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that is the truth. Like, because beliefs are deeply rooted. Um, I guess for me, I mean, I, I did have, sometimes I had doubts, but actually I, I guess I'll share this if I can get a little bit woo woo. Um, and I think I'm safe to get a little bit woo woo. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So I, when I was sort of at a rock bottom moment, like Mm. I wasn't sleeping and I was, just like curled up in pain and really couldn't see a way out of it. I didn't even know what it was at that point, mm-hmm. but I was really at this rock bottom moment. And I had this thought that if, if this is the way my life is going to be, I'm, I'm ready to be done. Like there's, I don't really want to go on now. I wasn't like suicidal in that moment, yeah, but, but I did have this, enough. like, there's nothing, there's nothing for me to look forward to. Mm. And then in the next moment, I had mm-hmm. this other thought or download or whatever and or voice and or an inner knowing that said you are going to figure this out and you're going to help other people. You're going to show oh. other people how to do it. And so I, I'm lucky I had this deep knowing like I I knew I was going to figure it out. I just like mm-hmm. had to keep on going. Um and so I think that really helped me. But you know, there's there's a book by Hal Elrod. He's famous for the Miracle Morning, yep. uh, but he's written another book called The Miracle Equation. Ah. And that was uh, he, he said he said the Miracle Equation is unwavering faith combined mm. with extraordinary effort. Mm. Unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. And I think that I applied that miracle equation. I didn't know I didn't know about it at the time. But you were doing it. But you were doing it. Yeah, I had. I had unwavering faith and I just kept on. I, I just took, I kept taking effort. So going back to your point about beliefs, it's not just sitting there like, I believe I'm going to get well. I believe, and maybe that might work for mm. some people. I wouldn't rule anything out, but yeah. it's also taking action, right? Mm-hmm. I had changed my life. I did leave the engineering career that was creating stress in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't eat gluten or dairy or sugar. Well, I still have a little bit of dairy once in a while, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't, I just don't do that. I, 
I prioritize sleep now. I look after my body. So yes, I did take inspired action and I kept taking action as well. So, you know, I don't think if I just sat there going, if I believe, I believe I'm going to get well, I don't, you know, I don't know if that would have worked. Maybe. But. Yeah. I think the interesting thing that you touched on there is, well, there's a lot of interesting, but, uh, well, there's two parts I want to go down, which rabbit hole, let's go down the knowing piece. So the, you mentioned belief and then we were discussing that, but then you said there was this knowing mm. that actually I was going to get through this and I was here to help others. It's a very different place that that resides in your body or wherever it resides. I don't even know where that knowing resides sometimes. <laughs> I look at it as like, because some part of me, like there's a knowing that conscious conversation is what I'm here to do, touch wood, right? And like whether it looks like podcasts or it looks like speaking, you know, one-on-one with people, coaching, whatever it looks like, it's like, yep, conscious conversations. And there's just like a, you know, just like you start trying to, build a business around it or whatever, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And you're like, yeah, all that stuff's just noise. There's a knowing. Um, and we can, and I think in the belief space, we can often, like you said, I'm not sure if it would have just transformed if there was a belief, but there was a deep transformation available you for you because there was this deep inner knowing. And I think knowing transcends belief in that regard. Um, yeah, I think you're right. So I think there's a, there's there's a really deep rabbit hole there. The other point that I was going to try and hone in on a little bit was um, I found myself sort of I learnt this along my journey a little bit through the podcast. Is uh, one of the guests I think it was Eric Edmeads. He he discussed this idea of beliefs, and I really loved this topic of like <laughs> awareness. It's like all the cells in your body also have this little beliefical aspect to them, right? It's like the energetic part of them. And he described it as, and it's really helpful. It's really helped me. It's kind of cuckoo, but anyway, let's go there, right? Um, Each of your cells, like every time you eat a salad, you affirm that you're the type of person that eats a salad and you start to believe that you're the salad eating person, that you're healthy. But every time you eat a burger, you affirm that you're the burger kind of person and all the stories that come in with that. Now, you may not have the belief that eating burgers makes you unhealthy, you know, but every time, every action that you take, you're feeding a beliefical and each beliefical has a story that's attached to your system. And it's just a matter of feeding those belieficals, A, the right story so they operate the right way, and then also the action, which is what you described on the other side, so that they get nourished into that story that you're trying to tell them. So I found it, uh, I couldn't help but reflect on that as you were sharing that for the mindset piece of it's like, yes, absolutely, there was like the belief, you know, which was actually underpinned by this deep inner knowing. Um, but then also the belief equals were being fed the right um, the right ingredients along the way through the actions that you were taking um, mm-hmm. by actually, you know, taking on the functional medicine course um, and leaning deeper and deeper into um yeah, just finding ways to heal um, through nature. So now you've – like how's your rheumatoid arthritis now? I've got to, I guess I've got to ask that question, don't I? <laughs> yeah, it's – I mean, I, I don't have any pain. Um, yeah. If I get stressed, you know, mm. if I start working a whole lot and not not honoring those rhythms, right, mm. not getting exercise, then – like my wrist may start talking to me. I go, okay, I know I got to start prioritizing me. So it's not like, um, it's, I, I don't think of myself as having it anymore, but I get yeah. little, and, and really, you know, I don't even really like to talk about diagnoses that much, even though I, I, yeah. I talk about it and name it because 
Mm-hmm. I want to give other people hope, but I don't, it really doesn't matter. Like really pain in our body or, or Ill, disease or illness, mm-hmm. it's really just our body's way of talking to us, waking us up to say, hey, <laughs> got to pay attention, make yeah. some changes because, you know, we're trying our best here, but things yeah. aren't going so well. It's amazing, isn't it? Because I find a similar conversation is present for me with stress. I'm often, you know, as a purpose coach, people are often like, I, I, I like, I say this all the time and I know it rubs people the wrong way, but like stress is such a gift, you know, and I dare not say that pain is such a gift, but like, you know, but I, I, it's kind of, well, see, that's what I'm hearing you say yeah. in some ways. Like it's actually your free health coach in yeah. your body, in your system going, hey, it's not working. Hey, something's not aligned. Hey, yeah. listen. Hey, listen. Um, do you reflect oh, on the conditions? Oh, sorry. Please go on. No, I was going to say, or even I think of it a lot of times as like a small child, that kind of, to have that compassion for the pain or, or an illness, whatever it is, that it's like asking for help. And so to, to, mm. to look after it and to feel about it the way you would, the compassion you would feel for a small child or a pet or something that was hurt, right? That, that loving sense of compassion. It's really interesting you bring that up because I've only become a father about 18 months ago. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been this, um, it's been a really incredible journey. It's opened up a lot of stuff for me, but I've often heard what you've just shared to me said to me, but I've never really been able to like drop into it because I've never really been a parent. You know, I've always had like had to intellectualize it to some degree rather than feel it. But now when you say something like that, it opens up this, massive portal of self-awareness where I look at how callous I am towards myself. And I don't think I'm alone in that boat. I think we are all quite harsh towards ourselves. These inner critics, this self-victimization, this, you know, beration that in, you know, there's like, you know, I was coached by Eckhart Tolle to become a coach. So he talks about just that, that inner voice and you start to realize I'm not this voice, but there's this voice, you know, but it's, you know, and then I start to realize as I'm interacting with my son, it's like, oh, I, none of that comes out. You know, it's none of this like, oh, come on, you could have done that better. <laughs> you know? It's like, that is not once have I said that to him in the last 18 months. Like, come on, man, you could do better than that. You know, that's like, and that's, so badly. And that's one of the nice things I say to him. You know? It's like, you could do better than that. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and it's, but it's always just like, oh my God, amazing. And look, if you take that to the next bit, watch what's going to happen, you know, and it's like, it's just so constructive. It's so productive when you have that compassion, that empathy for, um, and, but then turning that inwards back on ourselves is not as intuitive, would you find, which I find also compounds the stress and the pain in some ways. It's like exacerbates the mental pain, would you say? Can you reflect on that through some of your coaching a little bit? Oh, for sure, because pain really comes from the brain, right? And mm. it's coming through, you know, the, doing what the brain does through neural networks. And so we can make the pain worse by creating fear or negative thoughts around it. And that creates sort of more pain in the body, which then creates more fear. And then it's like the wiring, the neural networks in the brain just keep getting wired more and more and deeper and deeper. And so that pain, fear circuit keeps on going. So uh, so we can definitely do something 
about it just like just by wiring different networks so the, mm. the what we think about right the uh what is it the the the, the thoughts that fire together wire together that, that yeah, kind of idea the, right yeah the neurons that fire together wire, wire together. together there we go yes. thank you and so so if we're if we're constantly firing the neurons on pain mm. and oh it's bad and i'm afraid and what does this mean for my future and why doesn't it go away and why me that's going to keep you know firing those neurons mm. right so what we want to do is I mean, we can just even distract our mind with something else, right? Or just try to look at the pain or 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 the illness with compassion, or even just like objectively, like just be the observer. Oh, that's interesting. It's a sensation that's in my body right now. You know that mm. kind of thing. Now I know it's not easy to do. I understand. I had pain, and all I thought about was the pain and why is this yeah. happening to me. But I didn't realize that by doing that. I was reinforcing perpetuating it. Perpetuating it. Yeah, yeah. Look, let's have this conversation because we're two engineers talking about mindset here, <laughs> which is I, I'm so grateful for you doing what you do. Um, <laughs> sincerely. Um, one of the, what am I trying to say? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. myelination as a process i think it's totally worth talking about and i don't think everybody understands it so even as i say the word myelination i'm sure i've lost i'm going to be maybe conservative and say 80 percent of the audience i'm hoping people are more aware of it but so like you said neurons that wire together fire together right so you've got an, like an idea like you know let's just say pain and then you know, there's a trigger and then there's pain. It's like, oh, yep, trigger. And then the thought that follows in is pain. It's like, mm, ouch, and then pain. And then, ouch, ouch, pain. It's like, you know, potentially, and I'm not saying this is always available to us because sometimes the pain, like you said, is, you know, a super highway of information. And maybe that, before I start talking about rewiring it, we should talk about what happens. So every time you fire those two neurons together, literally a myelin sheath is the structure in your brain. It's like this white cord that literally gets between those two nodes. It's like thought, you know, trigger thought, trigger, and then thought and action, you know, those things wire together. So that wire that we're talking about is actually called myelin. And the more times you ping that circuit, you form a myelin sheet. So you get more and more myelin strands to the point where eventually after time, that becomes a super highway of information. Mm -hmm. The other part is like the path of least resistance, right? And I know you, you're aware of this. It's like, so if that's, the, if that is like a seven lane highway, information is just going to go down there every single time because it's like that's got seven lanes built into it 
But instead, if you go, oh, pain, oh, that actually means I'm healing, mm-hmm. which is not intuitive. And then you go, oh, but it doesn't really, I don't really believe it. And it's like, actually, you've built a super highway through your childhood experience and your adulthood experience of like pain means, you know, enough or whatever, like the story maybe that you're telling yourself, you've built that story and you've built that super information highway and that's what it's going to keep doing. You know, it's like pain victim, pain victim, pain victim, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to pain healing, you know, but it does take the energy and the conscious effort to go pain victim or pain healing and you're actually actively rewriting the process for yourself. You're re-engineering your mind, right? Really. (laughs) I know. Um, Powerful, aren't we? It's insane, isn't it? It's really something. And then the more you ping that new pathway, the more opportunity it has to become the seven-lane highway. The best part about when I started engineering, and this is two engineers nerding out on mindset, by the way. Thank you so much for the space you're holding in this conversation, Jane. Is um is that the old highway can actually atrophy, right? Because if you don't use it, if you don't use it, you lose it. So the old highway atrophies and the new highway starts to come together as well, which is actually really exciting in terms of what's possible for actually changing mindsets. Your awareness on how long potentially that takes, like you've worked with quite a few clients in terms of rewriting, you know, what's possible for them, even reflecting on your own journey. How long does it normally take? Like, is, it, is there a general, is every, I'm sure everybody's different, but generally do you sort of reflect on that process with your clients and, you know, how long does it take-ish? It, it can be different for different people. Like, honestly, sometimes this can be instantaneous. It's wow. like, it's amazing. It can be very, very quick. Mm. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer. It's just, you know, if this is, if this is a source of the pain, then, um, if people keep going back to their old thinking habits, Mm-hmm. So then it's going to take longer, right? So it yeah. just it just depends on the person and it's a really an inside job. <laughs> so yeah. no one else can can do this. No one else is controlling your thoughts but you. No mm. one else is controlling your feelings but you. And so um it really is up to the individual and how uh, for how long it takes and because it just depends on how long, how many how often they keep slipping back to old ways of thinking. So, but I've seen stuff happen very quickly. Like, it's just amazing to me when I, you know, I give someone, you know, a, a breath work where we'll focus on the area with loving attention and they'll go, wow, it was a six out of 10 and it's gone now. It, it blows my mind. I mean, it happens a lot, but it blows my mind still. You also mentioned earlier that, you know, a big part of your healing journey was your emotional shift. So where do these beliefs and emotions kind of, where do they draw their source of inspiration from? Uh, most of the time from childhood and, mm-hmm. you know, people that we learn from. When you think about it, most of our beliefs aren't even our own beliefs. They're just beliefs that were given to us or imprinted in us by our parents, our caregivers, our teachers, our coaches, whoever, friends, siblings. So that's where most of it comes from. And, um, Bruce Lipton, I interviewed Bruce Lipton for my podcast, and he talked about 95% of the time we are operating from those subconscious beliefs. It's crazy, huh? When you look at it that way, it's like, who am I? It's like you're just a receptacle of all the drops of water that have been dropped in (laughs) as you've been walking (laughs) along the river. What? Who am I? (laughs) He's amazing, isn't he, to talk to? But, yeah, please continue. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when if we're if we look at it like that, we're, we've got to really get at that subconscious. Mm. We got to have awareness of what our subconscious. Now, 
my another friend of mine said it's not hard to tell what's in your subconscious mind just look at your life <laughs> mm. it literally and, is a printout isn't it it's insane yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about quantum physics, not that I'm an expert in it, but, uh, you know, I like to talk about the principles of it because if we're, quantum physics says we're creating our reality all the time. Yeah. So if we're creating our reality from our subconscious programming, which is what's running most of the time, unless we're aware and and until we change it, then that's what we're going to be creating, right? Mm. So we, we want to, if we want to change it, then we got to start changing our subconscious beliefs. And that can be done. Um, a lot of different ways of doing it. And uh, some people may need, one might work for them, or they may need to try a lot of different modalities. What's one particular way that you really enjoy facilitating for people to change their subconscious beliefs? Or like an easy one or one that we can take away? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, an easy one. I mean, it, people may like poo-poo affirmations, but mm. I really find affirmations powerful if you believe them, if you feel the feelings that go along with them, if you say mm. them in the present tense, I am. And I I love looking in the mirror. I mean, I, I had to start doing this for myself, uh, mm. saying these affirmations in the mirror, looking at myself feeling good and and then the visualization to go along with it so i used to do visualizations of mm. i would imagine you know when i was strong and fit that i'd be hiking up to the top of a mountain mm. or i'd be on a sailboat and i'd be pulling up the sails or playing with a grandchild who i don't have grandchildren yet but i would imagine mm. i was playing with a grandchild <laughs> and these brought me like a lot of really joyous kind of feelings mm. so you know i'm i'm sure you've talked about on the podcast before that our brain can't tell the difference between a vision that we're imagining and something that we've actually seen with our eyes, right? Mm. So to my brain, these were real things. So I'm my brain is now working to create that reality. And mm. it has come true. Well, I haven't got a grandchild yet, <laughs> but <laughs> I have like mountains. <laughs> you know, I totally could pull up the sails on a on a sail sailing boat now. So yeah. Um, so I found visualizations, affirmations really powerful. People yeah. do it on their own. And then I really like having body techniques as well because we mm-hmm. store emotions in our body. So things that happen when we're little that we didn't know how to deal with at the time just kind of got stuffed in. So I love tapping, EF, mm. emotional freedom technique, tapping. I love the tools um, that people can just do on their own. I don't know how yeah. popular that is in Australia, but it's getting more widely known here in North America. Yeah, I've done some really interesting podcasts recently. Um, like even the emotion code, that was really interesting. Yeah. Feeling into um, feeling into that work, and it was interesting because I often and I don't know. I wonder what you feel about this because um, as there's still the engineer very much alive in me, which you know goes into okay. So I'm gonna run a script like emotion code. Take as an example, and you sort of read it, and you go, okay, da 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 da. Like, where's this located? Okay, it's located here, and this is what I need to clear. Okay, clear it, and then you clear it, and then you're like, whoa, I actually feel different, but like I don't get why this would work. <laughs> it's like there's still that part of me that's looking for something empirical. Sometimes even beyond my direct experience, which is like, okay, the experience is, it's actually working, but it doesn't make sense. Words, I can't see the machine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah. do you get that, Jane? Like, I or is Where's it just the me? Report. Where's the <laughs> <wild> <laughs> <control> report? 
It's like, wow, it's actually working. And it's like, yeah, it does work. And it's like, oh my God, it works. And it's like, this is amazing. I'm actually shedding stuff. I'm actually moving through emotions. I'm moving through things that I've been holding for a while. Wow, incredible. And it's like, how? I don't get it. Yeah. Is it yeah. really it is I, really work. Yeah, do you find yourself in that conundrum with stuff sometimes with all these tools? I do I do. I think I did more and now I kind of go with the flow a little bit more and yeah. kind of trust myself a little bit more. That's like the letting go. But really I gotta tell you, Amber, this I did this um this clearing with, uh, I worked with a coach for a little while and it mm. was, it wasn't EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, but it was similar. It was blink mm. therapy. So okay. basically similar to tapping, we would mm. make all these statements while I was blinking, blinking, blinking my eyes and looking left and looking right and looking up and down. And mm. It was quite interesting. And another thing I, I've got it right here because I'm an engineer and I'm very, um, you know, right right-bodied, left-brained, yeah. um, I had to, one of the things I did was cover up my, uh, my, I think it was my right eye. I think that, I think that's what it was. But anyway, my dominant, my dominant eye to, so it's kind of, you know, we've got two sides. So, so I, I had to take my, let my dominant side take a little break and let the other side have oh. a bit more power with eyes. I mean, it was really interesting because I found with this, this patch thing, you know, I put it on and if I just let my eyes relax, all I would see was, would be black, like the inside of this. Mm. I didn't, wasn't even seeing out of my other eye. The other one. That's, wow. Yeah. It, it was kind of wild, very eye-opening, no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. that was an interesting experiment. And I could, like, you talk about, like, you need feedback, right? Mm. I got feedback immediately. If I just let my eyes relax, this eye was taken over. <laughs> so uh, that was a sign, like, I really... I'm very dominant. Like that's, that's mm. the way I, that's my personality. It's probably why I was an engineer. You know, that's yeah. just the way I am, but it's not serving me in the best way. So how could I mm. let the other side? And so I found yoga and breath work really helpful for that too. Um, you know, you do using balancing types of breath mm. and exercise to really get both sides um, working together. Yeah. The, the, what the the theme around balance is really present also control and surrender yeah, yeah is is really here now so let's let's dive deeper into that because as engineers we don't well, surrender in many ways yeah we're, we're designed to control things and like you know put this here make this spin turn it on turn it off you know you've got control over what you're building and it's you know, it's controlling a bit of science to sort of have a human application to it in the world. It's very control-based. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be, really, for public absolutely. protection, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah, definitely, what, definitely. That's what our job was to do. But then also maybe just, okay, it's our job to do. That's a great way of describing it. But then when you zoom out at us as those cogs facilitating more cogs going into the system, um, so like even just sort of wondering if 30 years of, you know, you dedicating yourself to engineering and then having such a stressful year and then, you know, that creating the pivot, you know, that element of control and, then, you know, surrender in terms of, oh, this is where life is now taking me. Like, is that present in your awareness in terms of, yeah, do you reflect on that in terms of the balance between control and surrender and 
the life you're living with control and now you're working in a space where health where it's so dynamic each individual's different there's like la, 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 like it's just so you know um mm. yeah can I, you describe your relationship even through your healing journey must have been really interesting like like you said to, to let surrender go was hard it was very hard uh mm. i was someone that like I never napped. I couldn't nap. My husband would yeah. say, well, you'd have to close your eyes to nap. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> look, I've got this eye patch. He closes one eye. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Got this inner child I'm working on. I'm giving it praise. I'm giving it positive praise. <laughs> I need that from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just, I couldn't, I, I just had to go, go, go all the time. And yeah. I love like making a list and checking it off and, mm -hmm. you know, really planning and down to the yeah. detail. I mean, that's kind of what our training was, right? Mm -hmm. um, but so I had, I, that was really a lot of work for me, but that was where the healing happened actually was in, in surrender. Just surrendering to the the process surrendering control surrendering to as i said before like yeah i do need to rest i do need to make time for me um it's surrendering surrendering the negative beliefs i had about myself mm. um there there was just there's so much to surrender but it's after surrender that then the the healing can really happen. So it's like intention and then surrender and then inspired action. And so like surrender and meditation, right? Is a, it's mm. a surrender, surrendering mm. our mind and, and look at all the good that comes out of that. Surrendering the, the, the monkey mind all the time that, that, you know, the busy, mm. busy, busy mind. When we can surrender that, then we can get that peace and get into that, uh, the beautiful parasympathetic state where, which is the only state where healing can happen. And so we have to get, if we have, if we want to heal our body, we have to get into that state as much as we can, because, mm. well, that's where the magic happens. I'd love to dive deeper into the parasympathetic state. Before we <laughs> get there though, you did mention there is so much to surrender. And oftentimes I think there's a bit of an impotence there because, um, even as you were sharing that, I could feel my overwhelm kicking in, you know, in terms of how did you, like, you know, when you were going through your healing journey, it must have been overwhelming. It must have been overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> to surrender, like, there's so much, especially for someone that's, you know, control-oriented, but even for most people that control is a part of life, like order keeps us all sane, right? Um, but chaos is, some may argue, the natural order of things is as counterintuitive as that is, like it can be quite overwhelming. Any tools to support you with that or any just reflection on your own experience of the overwhelm as you're coming into surrender? Yeah, I think when I was, I really had to take step back from my job to, I realized that I, I couldn't fully surrender and really fully commit to my healing in that work. So I had to step back and um, that was that really helped. That really helped. But I was, I was fortunate that I could do that. You know, I, I, 
But you know what? We always have a choice, right? Mm. We really do always have a choice. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is they think they don't have a choice, but really we, we do. Um, when you, when you get creative, right? When you, when you do do that surrender, you can allow the creative mm. thoughts to come in and then you can get creative about solutions on how you can make this work so that you can serve yourself and, and, and give yourself what you need so that you can surrender. It's so really there is surrender in the surrender. Yes. <laughs> it's really interesting, isn't it? Like I reflect on, um, even just myself as a life coach and lifestyle design stuff that I've helped people with, you know, building out a vision, taking action. Initially it was very, like, I was very yang about it. It was like, come on, let's go, you know? And I had like, I have honestly, I've been, and then I went through a period where it was like, actually, you're going to get there no matter what. <laughs> you know, it's like I became super yin about it. It was like the fact that you can see it and feel it and you, you can feel it, right? It's like, yep, it's, it's a knowing, yeah? Yep, okay, it's, it's already happened. It's You're just integrating the shift into your life. And now there's like this awareness of you've got to just – you first you've got to go along and then you get along and then you build upon the getting along and you know you start to really get along um <laughs> but it's definitely a dance this whole the the surrendering and i think it's one of it, it feels spiritual in its nature because the more you learn about it the more it opens up and the more it calls upon you to go further with it i find um uh, that's maybe just my reflection on it um but it's almost like the more I learn to surrender a little bit in my little, you know, egoic world, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, good job. And then for a little while, things will be great. And it's like, oh, and now you're going to let that go too. And it's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, yep, you're ready. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to. It's like, and then I look at myself going, oh, what's that part of you that doesn't, oh, that's the attached part. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is what we're learning right now. Okay. Okay, and I acknowledge that even that some part of me is trying to control through the growth mindset and going, oh, yeah, you're growing, and it's not true surrender because I'm clinging to the growth mindset of what I'm surrendering. Yeah, anyway, it's, yeah, uh, it's quite the rabbit hole. That can get your head into a little bit of a spin. <laughs> totally, right? But it's it can be, and I think ultimately it speaks to the overwhelm of how deep that journey of surrendering can really be, um, it, like, you know, and the overwhelm that's present for us there. So having spoken to that a little bit, so just validating those of us that are surrendering <laughs> out there in the world, um, you mentioned the parasympathetic nervous system. Even when you were talking about eyes, I was totally like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this. Um, but uh, the eyes and the vagal nerve, and you talk a lot about healing in your work. I know breath work's a massive component of it. You mentioned yoga has been a big part of your work balance, but I think, you know, discussing, um, yeah, healing, uh, you know, open I'm opening up the floor a little bit there but also just uh, with that sort of peppering of the um yeah like the different states that our nervous system drops into and how vital that is for us to be aware of because I think especially in Melbourne where I live it's we're like the coffee capital of the world in some ways <laughs> it's just like caffeine jack yourself go and it's like and then do you ever stop <laughs> it's like yeah, so I'd love to get your your insights on healing and um and just our nervous system. You know, I think people just don't even really realize that they're in that parasympathetic state. Or sorry, sympathetic state most of the mm -hmm. time. That you know, go go go. That undercurrent of um, fear. I mean, we're not thinking fear, but 
every time we get an email or a ding, you know, all of that, or, or we have a, we look at social media and think, oh, look what they got. You know, there's all this, when it comes down to it, it's either on the, you know, on the, the fear side of things or the safe side of things. Right. And Mm -hmm. so whenever we're on that, in that fear side, we are, our, our brain thinks we're in a life or death situation. So it uh, increases respiration, increases our heart rate. It sends blood to like the big muscles and, and sort of disre- not disregards, but sort of puts offline, you know, digestion and, mm. and uh, the, the endocrine system goes offline, the immune system, right? All of these kind of like, they're not important to an immediate threat, which is what the brain thinks we're having. And so that creates a cascade then of, things going wrong in the body and and the cells are picking on you talked about the, the cells right they've got mm-hmm. like the little antenna on every cell that's picking up like what's what's it like out there and mm-hmm. so they're oh it's it's not safe all right let's produce chemicals for you know for for life or death and safety which are not not necessarily the chemicals for well-being and so mm-hmm. the body begins to break down and uh, yeah. a lot of our immune system is in our gut and mm-hmm. so then we throw on top of that some the crappy food that most people are eating. Well, a food-like substances, let's call it mm, that instead cardboard. of Cardboard. <laughs> in some instances, yeah. it's it's got the nutritional quality of cardboard in some instances. Exactly. I'm just going to call it for what it is. And then chemicals, right? There's, Mm. I don't, you know, it's probably similar in Australia that is here. We're inundated with chemicals. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot for our poor little body to deal with. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's, it's dealing with a lot. So we've got this stress in the form of emotional stress, thoughts. We've got stress in the form of, of toxins that are coming Mm. in and then maybe even on our skin. And so the, the bucket gets a little bit full and then, at some point it overflows. And so then we get, start to have breakdown in, uh, in the body. So if we can get ourselves into that parasympathetic state, then, you know, the immune system's working well again, the digestion's working well, we're sleeping better, then we're healing, you know? So that's, that's, and that's where we should be most of the time. We, we Mm -hmm. really only have that sympathetic state for, those life or death situations, which, you know, back in the day were running away from a tiger or whatever. And that was a short term, not, not frequent threat. Mm-hmm. Instead, mm-hmm. now we've got frequent threats all the time. And, yeah. and so it's, it's having a detrimental effect on our bodies. You're, I'm sure there's multiple techniques that you teach that you also sit with yourself, but I guess for the audience tuning in again, I'm, I don't mean easy because I'm, but I'm just trying to make it what's easy for you to share in this episode just so that the listener can take something away because it can be quite overwhelming when you start to can't become aware of just the sea and the soup of everything of your reality and kind of how much of it is supporting me and how much isn't. It's like, whoa, you know, um, it can be quite the rabbit hole to dive into. But, you know, some I know you're a massive advocate for breath work as well and I found that one works really yeah. well for me. But do you have parasympathetic nervous system how do we come back to that um do you have any exercises you might be able to share or point us to that might be really helpful absolutely i mean the breath is the fastest way to Mm -hmm. immediately get yourself into the parasympathetic state it's free you've always got it with you 
you're doing it anyway. So there's just so many great reasons to use the breath. And I mean, if you want to, we could run through a little practice if you. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I'll ask the audience permission. Guys, do you want to do this? The quantum field says yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it says yes, or it might be my delusions. Either way, we're doing this, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. So... I, I really love this uh, breathwork technique that has been really st- well studied by the HeartMath Institute in California, oh. mm-hmm. and that's heart-focused breathing. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I'm certified by the HeartMath Institute, but yeah, I'd love for you to share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, well, would you like, maybe we could do a different one then. if you. No, let's do that one. Let's do that one. Let's do that one. Let's share it. It's the one that's okay. present for you, have, so let's do I it. I have my own little take on it, so. Perfect. Here we go. Yeah, I feel a little different. Okay, so let's just get nice and relaxed. So obviously if you're driving, you might want to pull over or wait and listen to it later. So you can close down your eyes and just begin to notice your breath. Notice the breath as you breathe in. And then notice the breath again as you exhale. Breathing in and breathing out. Fully supported where you are. Now imagine that as you breathe in, the breath is filling up your heart. Filling up the heart and all the space around the heart. With every inhale. And as you continue breathing in and out of the heart, bring to mind a person or a place or a time when you felt love. So it could be someone that you love, it could be a pet even, or it could be a time when you felt love. Whatever it is, think about it now and notice what you see. Notice the colors. Notice what you hear, what are the sounds, what do you feel, if you're outdoors maybe you feel something, the sun on your face or the wind, maybe you feel a person touching you or you touching them, notice what you feel. Maybe there's something you can smell or taste. And notice that feeling of love. Notice how you're feeling it in your heart. 
imagine now that it's filling up your heart and even bigger than your heart now. And it's filling up your entire body. Let it get bigger, even bigger than your body. Bigger again, it's filling up the room that you're in. It's so big. And now gather all that love up and pull it back into your heart again, saying, this is for me. It's all in your heart and it's there whenever you want it, anytime. Just do two more breaths here. Feeling this love in your heart. Feeling gratitude for this love in your heart. It's always there for you. And slowly, gently, open your eyes and come back to this space. How do you feel, Amrit? I feel like I left a different podcast and I've landed in a different one. <laughs> <Being honest. laughs> it's such a gift, isn't it? I feel, well, the engineer in me would put it as downregulated. The <laughs> coach in me would be blissful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing that we can create this feeling within ourselves. Mm. Just with our yeah. thoughts. We can always do this anytime we want. Yeah. Jane, you've got a really incredible voice for many meditations as well. I have to acknowledge that. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Mm. It was a real treat. I can say that on behalf of myself and the Inspired Evolution audience. Mm. Yeah. And there's a whirlwind of questions that I know want to tumble in, but I think this is a really nice place to leave the podcast today. Um, for those that do want to check out Jane Moore, I have to say she's got her own, um, YouTube channel and podcast. There are such great conversations that she's had centered around engineering wellness in your own life. Um, maybe I'll, sorry, I'm talking on your behalf. (laughs) Maybe you can share a little bit about, um, where people can check more out about you, Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my website is Mm thewellnessengineer.com. And my podcast is Wellness by Design, and it's on YouTube as well. You can find me there through, you can find me through the Wellness Engineer or Jane Hogan Health, and I'm on social media um, as those as well. So those are the great places to find me. Yeah, it's really incredible when checking out some of the testimonials of what's happened for people as well. It was really inspiring to tune into your work. So thank you so much, Jane. And I, yeah, I think, um, it's really special to have you here today, obviously, for this conversation, but I also know it's a lifetime's worth of work on yourself, in yourself, controlling, letting go, surrendering, doing, showing up again and again and again, and going through your own healing journey and trusting that in and knowing that, you know, 
your journey is part of supporting other people's journeys. I just want to take all my hats off and just acknowledge you for everything and just thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly here with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure being interviewed by another engineer. I think it's the first time. So that's been really special. So thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Your podcast is amazing. You're changing people's lives, making the world a better place. So I so appreciate you for that. Thank you so much for your blessings. And as always, guys, in spite of Ocean Tribe, we would not be here having this conversation without you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. It is such an inspiration for both of us, Jane and myself. I can speak on her behalf, being your brother and your sister walking by your sides, guys. As always, stay inspired. Keep evolving. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution Tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 